0: Okay, so you guys, I am beyond excited about today's podcast guest. Our guest for today's episode is Danielle Koch, or as some of y'all might know her, Oh Happy Danny. Danny is a designer turned illustrator, social justice advocate, and entrepreneur. Her work has positively exploded over the last year or so, and it's because it's so beautiful and so needed. Danny has a way of taking really important, really complex issues and making them both digestible and feel more actionable, and she does it all through her art. I am so happy to have Danny on the show because I had so many questions I really wanted to get her take on. I asked her things like, when the whole world feels like one giant ball of bad news, how do we process it? How do we care about the people who are hurting in the world without getting so overwhelmed by the hurt in the world that we just shut down? I asked her, how do we identify the cause or the mission that is our thing? Like, how do we figure out where and how we can help and actually make a difference in the world? And then once we figure out what our thing is, what do we do with everything else? When something hard or crazy or heartbreaking happens in the world, how do we process it? And how do we care and help without losing focus on the thing that is our thing? And then I asked her, how do you figure out how to speak out or when you should speak out and what to say and how to do it? I asked her how to get through the fear that you're gonna say the wrong thing. Anyone else have that fear? Just me? This conversation was so powerful and so helpful, and I just cannot wait for you to hear it. Side note, I just about died when I found out that danny has been a Girls' Night listener for years now. I had no idea, and I'm so honored. Okay, before we dive in though, if you guys haven't heard the big news already, I am so excited to finally share that our brand new shop is here. It includes a collection of gifts and resources and gear specifically designed for our Girls' Night community, for you guys. I've been working so hard on these things behind the scenes for months now, and I am over the moon about finally getting to share them with you. I've put together a whole collection of gifts like sweatshirts and stickers and keychains that are perfect to get for your girlfriends for Christmas or for yourself. And they're all designed to remind you of who you are and who God is and that we're all in this together. One thing I wanted to tell you about specifically is our collection of brand new Girls' Night sweatshirts. So I created the original My Favorite Night is Girls' Night sweatshirt shortly after our podcast launched back in 2017, and I had no idea that I had just created a total fan favorite. Since then, our signature Girls' Night sweatshirt has become the unofficial uniform of Girls' Nights all over the world. I've received countless of photos from women as they cozy up with their sweatshirts and gather with their girlfriends. And it is so much fun to see so many women, not only representing the podcast, but even more celebrating the true magic that happens when we gather together as women. I'm so excited about this brand new reimagined version of our original Girls' Night sweatshirt. It's available in multiple colors and a few different styles. And I'm telling you, it is cozier than ever. I've been wearing mine constantly. There are so many amazing new items in the shop and I'm so excited to share them with you. So make sure you go check them out. The website is stephaniemaywilson.com. Again, it's stephaniemaywilson.com. All right, guys, you ready? Here's my conversation with Danny. All right, friends, I am seriously so excited about who we have on the show today i'm sitting here with my new friend danielle coke who we called danny i asked she said we can call her danny um (laughs) of oh happy danny i feel like you guys probably already follow her i hope you do if not you're going to by the end of this and that's the end of that danny thanks for being on girls night
1: yeah i'm so excited to be here and talk with you like I was just telling you, everyone didn't get to hear, but I've been a long time Girls Nights fan, everyone. So like, this is just,
0: I'm where I'm supposed to be right now. Yes, (laughs) this is, this was supposed to happen. Um, Okay, (laughs) this is amazing. So Danny, for girls who don't know you yet, can you tell us who you are, what you do and a fun fact?
1: Yes. So my name is Danielle Coke, like Coke, like the drink.
0: Yeah, I go by Danny, and I'm from...
1: Atlanta, Georgia. I was originally from Brooklyn, New York, and uh, moved to Georgia when I was very young. But I've always been into art and creativity and graphic design. And going through school, I took an art class, but like my art teacher was kind of discouraging, so I didn't really think I could pursue it as a career. So I was like, huh, what sounds just as fun or just close to it? And then I thought, oh, event planning. Like I can plan plan parties for my whole life. I'll do that. And so... (laughs) I went to college and majored in hospitality and event planning and got a job in an event planning agency. And it was there that my passion for justice like really ramped up because of, you know, a series of situations that I found myself into where being the only black person in a predominantly white space, like that was the norm for me. But also just having a lot of instances where I felt as though me as a whole person wasn't always accepted and issues related to race, related to justice, even in the workplace. And there was a moment where I sat down with my boss and I was like, hey, I think we should value this a lot more. And he was like, you know, this is not what I'm passionate about. So I don't see us talking about diversity, equity, inclusion, any of those things. I'm just not passionate about it. And that was a really the jumping off point for me to say, you know what? This is a space that I don't thrive in. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to start my own design agency, and I'm going to partner alongside justice-oriented organizations who might need the additional social media help. And so all of that happened late 2019, and I always had this design hobby, as you know. So I got an iPad for Christmas uh, that year, and I was like, ooh, I'm going to learn illustration. It's going to be so fun. And so I would digitally illustrate so many things. And in 2020, that's when I started to use illustration to talk about the harder justice, race related issues and topics. And I started posting those on Instagram. And during that year I gained a platform of almost half a million people and it's still very odd and (laughs) overwhelming, but it's been super cool to see how God used all of that, all the experiences that I went through that led up to that moment of, hey, you can use what you're given and the talents I've given you
0: to combine it with your passions and live a life that's pursuing what's on your heart, and so yeah, that is wild to me that that was so yeah. recent because, like, yeah, the the impact that you've had in the last, I guess, like, year and a half, then right, or mm-hmm. you know, almost two years for for women who don't. I mean, you said half a million people on Instagram, which is very true. Can you tell us, like, just I'm going to put you on the spot for a second, just brag a little bit, like, where has your work been? featured or like, what are some of the cool things that have happened in the last? Like, I just want girls to understand how big this has gotten.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) Yes. So definitely wild. I was on the today show for a moment. I I partnered with Instagram to do a couple fundraising initiatives.
0: Like actual Instagram, Uh, not like her actual (laughs) actual Instagram. Yeah. Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Actual Instagram. I also got to do some Awesome collaboration with Adobe, who literally like made all the software that I do my art on. So mm-hmm. that was wild. Uh, yeah, Jenna Fisher from The Office. We've done an Instagram Live together just talking
0: about justice. And, oh, you know, my gosh. It's been
1: so wild. Like, how do you
0: explain it? And I don't know. Uh, I feel like I would pee my pants if I got to talk to Jenna Fisher. Listen, I was like, girl, are you sure? All I do is draw me. <laughs> And she's like, "Yes, the work you're doing is really really important." Oh Yay. my gosh. Do you what are some of the the things that you've made that have been the most popular? Like what are some of your yeah, like words or phrases or images? It's kind of hard to to show on a podcast, but just give us like an <laughs> idea of a couple of the things that you've made.
1: Yes. So I have a lot of pieces that are my personal favorite, but it's so cool to see which ones ended up getting the most attention. It's definitely the ones that I felt like were the most simple. Like I have one that says, until you fix it in your heart and address it in your home, nothing changes in the world. And it's very simple illustration. And that one went massively viral, which was very shocking to me, but I appreciated it. <laughs> um, another, <laughs> Another piece uh, I call it worthy. It's an illustration of just arms from people of a bunch of different ethnicities all on a pink background and just as worthy on each arm. Again, very, very simple, but it was very easy to grasp and resonated with a lot of people, which I thought was great. And then the last uh, couple of the other ones, it shouldn't have to happen to you for it to matter to you. Uh, I guess these punchy phrases that people feel like they can take and adapt in their everyday lives are the ones that resonate the most, which is super cool. I think that's great. So
0: those are just a couple. What did, um, I, I totally didn't tell you, I was going to ask about this, but what was last summer like for you? Like doing the work that you do and like with your art and like, I I feel like uh, my guess is that a lot of, a lot of your, like these pieces went viral, like during all of the like protests and, you know, in like, I feel like last summer was such an important time in, in like race, like relations in the US but like after George Floyd was murdered and like just what did last summer look like for you on the back end Yeah
1: definitely uh so it was extremely it was one of the hardest seasons of my life and i think the uh, the name oh happy danny can probably fool people a lot of times i think like maybe i just approach this work with just joy all the time and while i do draw from joy it's not something that always manifests while i'm doing this work so i actually started doing this art way before summer happened so like January of that year. Yeah. And so once we got to summer, I had an audience of about 10k and I, uh, it, to me, that was massively still like quite overwhelming, especially once those tragedies started happening. George Floyd, Amart Arbery, Breonna Taylor, again, nothing new to us, but something that took center stage because the magnitude of it could no longer be pushed aside. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I, it's, it, it was a very weird thing trying to balance because there's the grief of like witnessing this stuff happening and affecting my own community very directly and me trying to process through that and then trying to take that information and translate it in a digestible and uh, easy to understand illustration like they they seem simple but the funnel <laughs> the process of getting all that information picking out what thought I want to communicate that I feel like is speaking to the heart of the moment as much as possible. And then disseminating that information into a graphic while not trying to take away from the weight and importance of the conversation is like, man. So I remember I even did uh, three days in a row of Instagram lives, just talking about the impact of race as it relates to God, uh, each other and our own internal work. And I remember day three, like after I finished the last Instagram live, I hung up. My best friend and her husband immediately called me, both of whom were white. They both called me and I like broke down in tears. I was sobbing. I was like, y'all, that's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Uh, Because, you know, this isn't just an educational moment. This isn't a, let's pop in and talk about this real quick. It's life, you know, and to be able to figure out that balance, (laughs) even today, I do not get it perfect. But yeah, it was definitely a challenge. And I had a lot of burnout. I had a lot of moments where I was like, take it all away. Like I, when people like pray and beg for platforms, I'm like, y'all don't know what you're asking for. And I know Stephanie, you can relate. Like it is not all sunshine and rainbows and popularity like people seem to think.
0: Yeah, yeah. When everyone's listening to you, all of a sudden there's like just the pressure. And, and I, I mean, I don't feel it in any I don't feel it in any, like, it's not even on the same planet to what I, where (laughs) I feel like you are. Like, I know you get it. Yeah. It's especially with like, you know, you started, you were so new at this. Like, you had just Mm -hmm. started to kind of, you know, own this identity of like, I'm an artist. I, I have things, both I'm, I'm, I'm an advocate for justice and I'm an artist and I'm putting things, these these things together and you start putting them out out into the world. And then, you know, the world falls like falls apart or actually the world notices that the world had already fallen apart and everyone's mm-hmm. listening to you and looking to you to say like you know what do we do about this or what do you have to say about this and that is just it's just and then all of your own personal feelings and grief and dealing mm-hmm. it's the mm-hmm. whole thing it's just yeah it's a lot it's a lot you described <laughs> <laughs> there's a you know i have there's so many questions i want to ask you but and they all feel really personal to me. And I I think that I feel pretty confident speaking for, for our girls night community too. And so I just want to hear like wrap your, like how you process some of these things. So I have a whole list of questions. I want to like, make sure I read it so that I don't miss anything if that's okay. Yeah, of course. So there is so much going on in the world right now. Surprise. And I have a feeling I'm not alone in feeling totally overwhelmed by it. I feel like I should care about all of it, and I do care about all of it, but it all weighs so much sometimes that I feel like I want to hide from all of it. But then I feel so guilty for hiding because the people who are directly impacted by whatever the thing is can't can't hide. But then also if we take in all of the information there is to take in about every single heartbreaking thing that happens on any given day in the world, at some point we find ourselves with empathy, empathy fatigue. <laughs> Danny, does this happen to you? Like, how do you navigate this in your own life just as danny but also with the weight of all the work you do as well
1: yeah <laughs> the question of the year honestly in my opinion is how in the world am i supposed to care about all of this at the same time and you know i don't think that caring about it is actually the problem and that's not what you said but i i like to lead with this because i think most of us if not all of us care automatically to a certain extent it's like we're, we're human beings we're all living on the planet and no one wants to see someone else going through anything yeah and so like you communicated the difficulty becomes okay how do I balance it all how am I supposed to do all of this and as I still every single day try to figure this out I have landed on my for my own sanity <laughs> and for the way that I process through all of this is to say you know I'm not supposed to hold it all. I'm not supposed to be able to hold it all. I did a graphic where it had somebody's hand that was stretched out and then there were leaves falling and the person was able to catch some of the leaves, but some of the leaves were also like falling off their hands, slipping through their fingers. And I think that's a really good example of, Hey, there are so many issues of the day. It's literally impossible to hold them all in your, in your hand. Some will inevitably slip through your grasp, but there are things that can be held. And I think that that's the most important thing to remember. You know, things, for example, we can start out very basic, like your family, your your neighbor, the issues that you are able to care about and that are you're already automatically passionate about. Those are things that you can hold in your own hand, right? And so when you don't know what else to do, I think that's super important to remember. Like, man, there's a lot going on in the world. But first and foremost, I have a responsibility to take care of of myself, my mental and emotional health, assessing my capacity and seeing, okay, before I try to get all hands on deck and see all the things that I can do, what do I have space for? Do I have room uh, in my hand for everything? Or do I need to decide like what I have room in my hand for? And so that's a personal assessment. And then Looking at your relationships, like who are the people that are immediately around you? Whether it's your family, like how can I love on my family more in this season when I'm seeing all that's going on? I know myself, it's hard for me. It must be hard for them. How can I lean on community in this time, right? And then the issues that you yourself are passionate about might not always directly correlate with the issue that's on the forefront or the issue of the day. But I think it's super neat to take what you are already passionate about and look at that and say, okay, this is the way I'm choosing to give back. This is the way I'm choosing to use my talents and gifts to pour into this. But also what in the larger picture can I latch onto if it's only just one thing? So let's say in one day you hear about an earthquake in this country, civil unrest in this country, and then something going on in your own backyard, right? If what's going on in your own backyard is lining up with what you feel like serving, you can find a way to really dive in and say, I'm going to focus and direct as much of my attention as I can to helping here. But if you do have the capacity to donate $10 to this relief or to read an article about this civil unrest and at least try to wrap your mind around a little bit more, I believe that you're taking steps in the right direction and you're saying, I can't solve everything. But I do have a responsibility to do what I can with what I have And to stay alert and aware to as much as I'm able. And so I hope that that serves as a good helping, like starting place.
0: Yes. I just took a deep breath. It's So I was in counseling the other day and I was asking about this. I was, you know, boundaries is something that I've been learning a lot about for the last, I don't know, like decade and trying to figure out like what's mine to hold and what's not mine? And mm-hmm. that's something that I have a hard time with. You know, if, if someone, anyone is having a, like, I, I want to be a helper. I want to support mm-hmm. people. And it's hard when, you know, my, my needs, um, kind of rise to the surface at the same time as someone in my family's needs and then a friend. And then, you know, I get an email from someone who could really use some help right now. And then also my mm-hmm. neighbor. And it's like, I don't know what to do in that situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I was feeling particularly, heavy, you know, reading the, there is so like, I I love that you said issue of the day. There really is. It's something really brutal is happening like every single day in different corners of the world and uh, to different communities and, and in our backyards and in our front yards. And it's just happening everywhere. And I was feeling particularly like just worn down by all of it. And I asked my counselor, like, what am I supposed to do about this? You know, what am I supposed to do about these people who are, you know, suffering the aftermath of, you know, an earthquake or, you know, it, truly whatever it, it is that day. And I felt like this personal burden to be able to fix fix it, Um, mm-hmm. even though whatever the thing was, was happening all the way across the world. Mm-hmm. And she told me something that like, honestly was news to me. She was like, Stephanie, you may not be able to, to fix what's happened in this country, like by yourself. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) obvious. (laughs) Yes. But like, (laughs) right. That wasn't, it wasn't obvious to me. Like truly I didn't, I, I don't know. I think all these things are are coming into our heads. You know, you talked about a funnel earlier. It's like, there's so much going in the top of the funnel and it's really mm-hmm. hard to know what to do about it. And I think that, it, you know, we don't know how much, we, we don't know what's ours and what's not, um, and what we actually can do something about and what we can't. And so it, like, it honestly was news to me that it's not my job to fix the whole world. Thank God it's not my job because I'd be doing a horrible job of it and I'm totally not equipped to do it. And one person can't do everything, but I just, I, I know that in my head, but I don't know that I totally knew that in my heart. And so what she did was she drew a pyramid for me. And she said, you know, the top of your pyramid is like, you know, your family is, it's your kids, like it's your husband. It's, you know, this is the top of your pyramid. Mm -hmm. These are the, and then, you know, it it trickles down a little bit from there, but she's like, these are the things you're actually responsible for. And she said something really similar. She's like, if you can do something to help things that are outside of your pyramid do, but, but this pyramid is your responsibility. Mm -hmm. Um, And these other like, not everything can be your responsibility. And I don't know if maybe I'm the only person that like was feeling that way, but I I really needed to hear that. And so, I don't know, I feel like that's kind of been the message of the day for me. Yeah.
1: And that's a good reminder to, you know, remember and focus on like, you only can carry but so much, right? And I think also what the challenge was of 2020 was saying, maybe there's a couple things that need to be added to our own personal pyramids. Not that's something that's outside of our capacity, but some, we know we got a little wiggle room in there for a couple other things, you know? Yeah. And that's a challenge too. Like, yeah. Is it part of my responsibility to say, okay, I can add a category right here for community outreach in my own community, like mutual aid, you know, those things where communities come together and just help each other. Like there's an organization here in Atlanta where literally they put free fridges up around the city and a business partners with that fridge to keep it running, to keep it clean. And the community just brings food. And if you need food, you come take it. That is. I added so that cool. to my pyramid so quick. I was like, ah, yes. yes. Hunger is still, and malnutrition is still a leading cause of death in the world. Look at me being able to once a week, however often I can put some meals together and hit up a fridge down the street. Like So that's something that can be added and that's something that can, you know, you know, relate to your capacity in a way. And yeah,
0: so I just love that. I love that idea. Oh, that's so good. I love that. And yeah, I think you're exactly right. Like 2020 was a time to reevaluate our pyramids and be like, I think in some ways we've been a little like, yeah, there's some wiggle room here that needs Mm -hmm. to go to some things Mm -hmm. that like haven't been on here before. Right. Yeah. So knowing that apparently we can't be all things to all people. Uh, and that if you're a jack of all trades, you're a master of none. Like how did you identify? And you talked about it a little bit, but I just love to hear like anything else that you feel comfortable sharing. Like, how did you identify? This is my thing. Like, this is, Mm -hmm. this is what I care about. And this is where I'm going to pour my time and my heart and my money and my effort and my talents. Like, this is my thing. How did you get there? Yes. I love that we're able to circle back to
1: this topic because I briefly mentioned it, but I really wanted to dive in. Yes. So I love to talk about the idea of purpose-fueled progress. It's something that's helped me identify what I should be doing right now. And it's also helped me to alleviate the pressure of feeling like I have to have my whole life's purpose figured out right now as well. And so I hope in sharing it that it's helpful for other people who struggle with this. So- there is a Japanese ideology that talks about how like your true purpose in life is at the intersection of all of these things. Right. And so I learned about it in college and looking at it, I felt as though I wanted to simplify it a bit to adapt to my own life, to help me find what my center was. And so I thought about, you know, my faith what I'm passionate about the skills I have. And I said, you know what? I am going to think about what my present purpose is. I just took the big, scary purpose word and put the word present in front of it Mm. and said, if I can't figure out what I'm supposed to devote the rest of my life to, I can say, okay, my present purpose is in the middle at the intersection of a passion that I have, whether it's a cause or people group, my skills, what I'm good at naturally, plus what I'm able to pick up and learn Mm -hmm. and get my gifts, and then The third circle was a perceived need that I see in the world. And so I said, my present purpose will be at the intersection of my passions, my skills and a perceived need I see in the world. And I said, okay, I can identify this today. Uh, This isn't something, some big, scary ideology that I have to spend the rest of my life trying to figure out. Present purpose, I can analyze now. And so for me, I thought about, okay, this is so much more approachable, these three little circles. So I'm passionate about justice, 100 percent, racial reconciliation, equity, inclusion. And I'm also passionate about my faith. So those those things lived in that circle. In the second circle of my skills, I said I am skilled at art and graphic design. And that's also what I love to do, so I put that in that circle. And then the third one, a perceived need in the world, in 2020 I realized that there was a need for information related to race and justice to be disseminated in a way that was approachable for people who otherwise wouldn't have known how to engage with the conversation, you know? And so I was like, oh, okay, that helped. And so in the middle of that, I was like, okay, so what can I do today that taps out, taps on all of these things? And so for me, it was like, okay, I can use illustration to talk about justice and race and things that I'm passionate about and fill that need for uh, digestible information related to it. And so that's how I decided. And And the freedom in that is that next year, it can look different. My passions can grow. And I mean, my skills can also sharpen. I can find a new skill. Like, I like talking now, like getting to speak in front of a group. That's a fun thing for me now. And so yeah. in the season of my life, that whole thing can shift. But what I think is cool is after a while of doing this, you start to realize and see that you have been living your purpose out all along. And it's no longer this big, scary thing you have to try to investigate and uncover and unpack. But it's just something that in living according to what you have today, you're already accomplishing and living out your purpose. And I just thought that that was so freeing for me. So that's how I found what I want to do right now. I feel like
0: that's, everyone just like sit for a second, take deep breath, (laughs) receive it. It's so good. It's so good. And I love that you call it present purpose instead of like... I don't know who created the idea of like a five-year plan or something oh, because yeah. I, I think that there's like four people in the world that that's helpful for it And everyone else is like, I'm dying under this pressure. Yeah, um, And then add like the ideas of like legacy or impact or something to it. You're like, I have no idea. But I love mm-hmm. that. It's like, what cause in the world or what, who is, lots of people are struggling right now. What group of people are you like, I got to do something about that. And then what do you yeah. have- to get like, what are they struggling with? And then what do you have to give? I would be a horrible doctor or nurse. I'm like kind of freaked yes. out by body stuff. And so yeah. like never in a million years, is that going to be a thing where I'm like, well, I'm going to, or I'm like, I- I'm a terrible scientist. So like, you know, helping, you know, develop medical treatments or vaccines or something like, like you don't want me to do that, but there are other things yeah. that I can be good at. Um, I don't know. That's super helpful. Yeah. And even I, it helps me to think
1: also like putting myself in the shoes of someone else who might not be an artist. Like you can literally apply this to anything. Like I like to give the example of if you're a writer, I know there's a lot of talented writers that are probably listening to this right now. And it's like, okay, let's say you're passionate about ending human trafficking, right? Yeah. And you are, and you have the skill of writing and you see a need. Maybe you follow an organization who's looking for contributing writers to volunteer their time, to write articles, to, you know, raise awareness about a certain thing or direct direct funds to a certain organization, like, look at you, you have found a way to fulfill your present purpose just in that moment of connecting all those dots. And so I want to give an example to show like, it don't have to look like me, you know, you could do, (laughs) it could be anything you've got and anything you're passionate about. And so I always want to give that example so people can be like,
0: oh, okay. (laughs) You know? Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P slash friendship.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling
0: A handful of years ago, I did a year-long mission trip. And one of the countries I ended up in was the country of Moldova. And it's this tiny little country that most people hadn't heard of or haven't heard of. I hadn't heard of it. It's in Eastern Europe. And I had this really clear idea of what I thought I was going to be doing like as I was traveling around the world and uh, what I thought would be helpful. And then I arrive at this organization that was actually like fighting human trafficking. There's a lot of human trafficking that happens, um, out of Moldova. And I, I don't know what I thought I was going to be. I don't know what I thought I was going to be doing. That was going to be helpful. But what I ended up doing was making a fundraising video for them. And like, that's what Mm -hmm. I studied in college. I studied broadcast journalism. And the last thing in the world I thought I was going to do was do the thing I'd been doing at home, you know, in, in Eastern Europe, but that was the thing that they needed because they didn't have those skills. And I did, like, that's what I went to yes. school for. And really, like, you can't, like, that's that's a place where they were getting stuck. They needed help fundraising and I could help them do it by putting together a video for them. And so that's, I, I love that example. There are lots yes. of organizations around the world that could do more great work if they had your skill to help spread the word or, you know, whatever that looks yep. like. Exactly, Yes. Okay, so we, we talked about how to figure out like what your thing is or what your thing is today, but we know that there's always something happening in a different part of the world or to a different group of people or a different person that like doesn't necessarily fit in that category that you can do something about or that you know that you should do something about. So how mm-hmm. do you personally like process that? Like When something crazy or hard or heartbreaking happens in the world, how do you engage with that thing without taking it on to the point where you're like, I don't know, paralyzed by it. Oh, yeah. Or without like losing focus on the other thing that is your thing. Does that make sense? Right. Yes. Okay. So that's a great question.
1: (laughs) So (laughs) normally when things are feel like they're out of your reach, for me personally, I always have noticed that when these things are happening, they're usually asking for a couple of the same things. They're asking for donations, awareness, or just uh, engaging with the content in some way that they're putting out. And so for me, I'm like, okay, let me assess what's going on. I can't pick every issue to post about, but what can I share to my story that I've vetted, that I've looked at, that I've you know seen and said, okay, I don't exactly know if I have the capacity to take this on fully, but maybe there's someone in the my audience who does. Let me share this to my story, yeah. you know? Or honestly, if I can track down a donation or a, an organization that is accepting donations that I know, like, is on the ground doing that work in that community and I have the capacity to donate, I can do that too, like... Normally they're asking for donations and to spread awareness because those are the two things that they need the most. It's not just to say like, hey, do this, you know? And so I think that can take some pressure off as well because some of us feel like we got to march on over, fly to the country and spend two years on the ground. And it's like, if I'm not doing that, what I'm not, what I'm doing doesn't matter. And it's like, well, what are they actually asking for? Because truth be told, did they ask you to come, come over here? Or did they ask for $10? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> Just being honest. Just being honest. You know, I think it helps. <laughs> it
0: helps so much. It helps yeah. so much. I don't know. Yeah. You guys are going to have to send me, like, I don't know. Let me know if I'm the only person who, like, feels like I should get on a plane and I should go and help. But it's like, I don't speak the language. The I'm not like, but if they really, that, uh. Is a really, really needed reminder. (laughs) I have ten dollars. I really do. I can totally give ten
1: dollars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what they're asking for. And 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 truth be told, like all jokes aside, what you're saying is like a real thing. Like people get analysis paralysis because they're like, I want to do all these things, and I end up doing nothing. And I made a piece the other day that I was talking about bridging the gap between good intentions and good work. And it's like I had good intentions as this one area over here and then good work on the other. And there was a bridge. And I talked about how each step in the bridge was like a different thing you should consider when trying to get unstuck. And one thing that I had said was, remember that you're not perfect and you're not a superhero either (laughs) because not remembering that can get you stuck. And you might not end up actually doing something because you feel like you can't fly in and save the whole day. You know what I mean? And so remembering that, remembering that you can only make commitments that are relative to your capacity, you know, and not to let comparison or fear or analysis paralysis hold you back from doing what you actually can do. Because at the end of the day, you can let all that get you stuck and never do anything. Or you can march across that bridge and put $10 on the donation website and you have accomplished so much, you know? And so, and, re- and that resource, to be honest, is one of the most important money. Like we need it. They need it. So yeah, yeah whatever that looks like for you, whether it's that, whether it's spreading awareness or just becoming more knowledgeable about what's going on, like that, that speaks volumes as well to the communities in need for sure.
0: I love that. I love that. So um, this, I think this has become more of a, no, I don't know. I think this is, this has been a thing for, for several years now when something happens, we feel like we're supposed to say something publicly. And I think Mm -hmm. that's all of us. It's like, no matter, if you are on social media, when something happens, everyone posts and everyone has something really deep and like thoughtful and brilliant to say. And it's like, where's your post? Because if you don't post, it means you don't care. So how do you, as someone with, like someone who is a like warrior for justice, honestly, and someone who has a big platform, How do you process things externally? So it's like you have, you know, everything that is in your wheelhouse, but then everything else that isn't. I actually saw you repost something from Austin Channing Brown uh, recently about Mm -hmm. people's expectations of advocates and what people expect you to say or do when a piece of the world falls down. Like, how do you, when another piece falls down, how do you respond externally?
1: Yeah, (laughs) an amazing, amazing question. I (laughs) that has been one of the biggest struggles for me on this platform. And I had to come to the realization of of a couple things. One thing being Austin Channing actually, I think she mentioned this, Austin Channing Brown mentioned this in the post that I shared. But we're literally a team. Can we back up and start there? The human race, all of us, we are a team. We are actually doing this thing together. We cannot expect even people who dedicate their whole lives to this, which is another point that I'm going to put to the side because people are really be trying me as if I don't dedicate my whole life to this. It's like, y'all, please, please. <laughs> but um, putting that aside, we cannot expect to be able to take in, process, and disseminate information related to everything that is happening around the world. Me personally, the reason that I have clung to racial justice in amplifying Black voices and the voices of people of color is because I'm a Black woman living in America, a society that is really affected by that. And it's in my wheelhouse because I'm a Black woman, you know, so I'm able to bring my life experience, the things that I've studied, you know, what, what I'm equipped to discuss and bring my full self in. That's where the content comes from. That's where the thoughts and the deep opinions come from. But this country and another continent that is war torn and people are dying and there's just so much going on. Yes, you can acknowledge that is horrible. That is absolutely horrible. But what I cannot do is try to take on that information that I have no context for, disseminate it into an infographic that could be just riddled with incorrect information and cause harm and then have that information be widely spread. And I've actually done a disservice to that movement because I didn't know what in the world I was talking about that (laughs) the weight of that is much heavier to bear than the weight of a few people criticizing me for not caring enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm willing to take that L of not creating this post on your timeline and rest in the fact that one, I'm doing what I can, either raising awareness or making donations to people on the ground, providing relief. As I said, that's normally a behind the scenes thing that I'm not going to post about that I'm doing. But then secondly, like I'm, I know that I'm taking the responsibility to learn about this myself as much as I'm able while still carrying what's mine to carry. And if that means that I don't have the capacity to learn it all years worth of conflict and all of that and disseminate it for something easy for you to share. I hope that means that the team that I'm a part of, the Global Pursuit of Justice, someone else on this team has that capacity, has that clarity, can disseminate that information and you can learn from them. But know that we're all working together. And if we all knew everything and could talk about everything, and explain everything, we would not need each other. I'm simply a puzzle piece in the broader puzzle. And I can't bend and try to fit into other pieces and spaces because you want me
0: to, you know? Yes. 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 Yes, yes, yes. yes. I feel like I need to do that too.
1: (laughs) And, And, you know, listen, and it's not to say that we don't have to do the uncomfortable thing sometimes of speaking up about something, but it's my hope that we don't let the pressure of people wanting that from us push us into performative activism and end up doing more hurt than good. You know what I mean? I'd much rather we say like, you know what? They're right. I wonder, maybe they're right. I should say, (laughs) because they're not always right. Maybe they're (laughs) right in that. "Hmm, Why am I not posting anything about this particular thing? Should I do some internal assessment and see if I have any, you know, work I need to do here? Cool. I'll do the work. Or cool. That's not mine to carry right now with the platform that I have and the voice that I have, because. I am using that time to put towards this passionate thing that I am doing. And so if you don't have that thing, that part of the world that you're trying to help and you post about nothing related to anything in humanity and justice, I would say that might be a call to take a personal assessment and say like, what am I carrying? You know? Yeah. Yes. So there's a balance for sure.
0: Yeah. Do you ever worry about saying the wrong thing? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And I
1: one thing that we talked about, especially in 2020, was like, don't let the fear of getting it wrong hold you back because you will get it wrong. And it's like, yeah, but that doesn't mean I want to get it wrong. You know what I mean? And so like I had this quote where I was always saying perfection is not a prerequisite to participation. Like you don't have to have it all together to to be a part of working towards the greater good. But again, with a platform, there has to be. You have to be careful, you have to be clear, and you have to be calculated. Oh, that sounds like I just made up a whole Uh three-step system. Yeah, it does. does Look at you, alliteration. (laughs) I love being alliteration.
0: That's Um, so good.
1: But yeah, I can't afford to put something out there that's wrong. So I will sit with information, whatever I'm going to say, and I will comb it over. I'll make sure that if I've researched anything, I can uh, legitimize that source. I can make sure that what I'm saying is either found, founded on like a biblical truth or a factual like justice related truth that I have other people who have done the work before me whose work that I can reference who have gone before me and have already had these conversations. Like, I do my absolute best to vet it before it goes out to the public because trying to reverse that harm caused can take so much more time, so much more time.
0: Yeah.
1: And you can look around and see how people we're getting who got it wrong, who were simply careless, you know, or who yeah. simply didn't take the time to consider, to weigh your words, and that might mean that you don't move according to other people's timelines. Yeah, I listen after that, uh, the insurrection at the United States Capitol in January. I I had a minute where I was trying to like get myself together, and everyone's talking about it, and I'm like, I'm gonna call my mom, you know. And so we've got to take, we've got to know how to take that time to assess, how to be careful and clear with our content and, or whatever we're posting or saying, just so we know, like when the blowback comes, if it comes, you know, that it's not because you were wrong or inaccurate, but it's just, there may be people who disagree with you. And that's something different that we have to be able to, and be ready to, you know, engage with. But at the end of the day, I might get it wrong,
0: (laughs) but I'm going to try my absolute best to not do that because I'm going to be careful and clear. What do you do in like, I I love, yes, everything you just said. I feel like this last year has been, uh, so one of the things, I don't know if you guys know this about, I don't know if I've shared this on the show before, but like, I think one of my deep fears in life is like saying the wrong thing. Like that is, I Uh totally, it's, I mean, it's, I've, I've spent a lot of time working to, to be this way less, but like, I try to weigh my words, like really carefully. I, I, I don't want to say the wrong thing. And so in a time where like, I, I don't know, I think I've, I've that fear in me has been turned up to like an 11 mm-hmm. in the last, in the last year and, you know, posting on social media. And, and it, I just, this uh-huh. is something that I have totally struggled with, but I think that's, that's how I feel whenever something happens in the world is like, I just want to like call my mom or like take yes. a nap or like, journal about it or pray about it or something. Like I'm not ready to post online about it because I'm still taking yeah. in this massive thing. Like I don't digest that quickly. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I, I just, I love that you said that. Like I'm, uh, there's this huge thing that, happening right now. Like it just need to, I just need to process for a second. I'm not ready to talk yeah. yet. And, and that's a really great point too, because it,
1: it reminded me of the idea that there's two other things. There's two other options. Like Even considering, like, let's say you don't, you're not ready to post yet and you're still trying to figure it out. That is great. Like you may end up not posting, but there's also the possibility that maybe this is a season where you amplify a trusted voice. Mm -hmm. Like this topic, I don't know, but this person I trust wholeheartedly, this platform is vetted and this person's heart is just pure. And so I know that their viewpoint on this may be more worth listening to than my own. I can amplify that if I feel so inclined. So that's always an option. And then and there's also the option of sharing your process. I have a friend who posted recently and she was like, I see that this thing is happening and I literally don't know what to say or do about it. And I just want you guys to know that I am doing my best to learn. And I, I hope that you all are, are trying to do the same because I just don't know. And if you feel comfortable enough or as transparent enough with your audience to do that, that's also an option. Like, hey, y'all, I don't know, but I want you to know that I care about it. I just don't. I don't know. You know? Yeah. Yeah, And so I think, yeah, just remembering like at the end of the day, their opinion will be their opinion, regardless of what you say or do not say, do or do not do. What you have to have is the peace within to say, I know that offline I'm doing the work or I know that what's mine to carry, this does not fall under right now, but that doesn't mean I don't care. And I know that I'm doing what I can with what I have. And I owe that to myself and I don't owe anything else to anyone beyond what I have the capacity to do myself. That's really, really important because we be (sighs) crippling ourselves with that, like for real.
0: Yeah. You know, I know we're talking about this, like from the perspective of, of people who share on Instagram as like, you know, part of their job, but I know that like everyone is feeling this, everyone is feeling this because everyone, uh, we all have this, this, platform to speak from now like if you have social mm-hmm. media you're standing on a platform you have a megaphone and it is yes. really powerful and beautiful and there's so much good that can happen but it's also like what do i do with this mm-hmm. is i feel like something we're all asking and so anyway i really appreciate everything uh, i i really love getting to hear like some of the thoughts that you work through mm-hmm, behind mm-hmm. the scenes So one of the things that you say that I love that you say is it shouldn't have to happen to you to matter to you. Can you talk us through like what a cycle of inaction looks like and Mm -hmm. what an action or a cycle of action looks like? I'm like referencing some of your art. I'm like drawing it in the air. Uh, (laughs) So so we can, we can link to that, but it'll make sense when you explain it.
1: Yes, definitely. So yeah, that, it shouldn't have to happen to you for it to matter to you, came uh, after a season where we were all so invested in trying to listen to this discussion about race and trying to understand different perspectives and viewpoints. And then at the same time, again, like we've been talking about this whole time, other things were happening outside of us. And I think what I wanted to move people away from was the idea that you simply don't care when it's not happening in your own backyard. And so that's that's the message I wanted to communicate with that. But with the cycle of inaction, it's funny. We talked about the insurrection earlier. Like that was the piece that I made following that after I had some time to be like, what is happening? Let me call my mother. Uh, so I, I, one thing that I was observing is that after every tragedy or huge thing that went down, that was just hard. It seemed as though people would just be so shocked and so confused. Like how in the world could this happen? You know? and, and Part of me was always like, well, we know that we we live in a fallen and broken world, and we also know that we live in a country that's still trying to work on what it looks like to be equitable and to be just. And so we know that that's gonna happen. We is gonna be shocking every time. And then I noticed that that shock would lead to a very emotional response. Like people would be like, oh, I can't believe it! I'm so upset. And like they post these like super dramatic, or like they'd have these conversations amongst themselves, and it would just be, you know, so charged with emotion, which is fine and important, unless it leads to performative activism, unless it causes you to do things without really doing anything. And when it comes to performative activism, I always like to say, like, it's not the act itself, it's the intent behind it. I feel like many, that what I could do can be labeled as performative activism. (laughs) You know, anything can be, but I think what makes it performative is the intent behind it. Am I posting this because I really believe that I'm making a difference? Or am am I doing this? action because I really believe it make a difference or is it going to make me look like I'm making a difference to everyone who sees me, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think that's the determining factor for sure is intent. But anyway, yeah, performative activism starts happening. And then that burns us out because it's not sustainable. It's not being driven by an actual desire to make a change. It's being driven by performance and how you look like to other people. So that causes you to feel guilty. And feel fatigued and you're like, oh, I'm not doing anything, I just can't get it right, you know? And so it's like, well, if I can't do do this and I just won't do anything, and so you become inactive, right? And you're passive now, and that can lead to apathy, and then you're helping no one, and you actually have no desire to help anyone because it just exhausted and burnt you off so much. And so that is the cycle that I saw happening because after every tragic thing, it felt like we were back to apathy and people just no longer cared or talked about it. Not everyone, but some. And so I said, if I could rewrite this cycle, I would say, you know, when injustice happens, like it it would be my desire that we're not overtaken by shock and confusion as if like the fruit of oppression and the fruit of injustice is surprising because it's not. Rather, you know, our emotional response should be marked by empathy and compassion. Instead of shock value, can we lead with, okay, who's the affected community and how can we cover them in love and compassion? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then when we do that, we're not being performative. We're actually rejecting performative activism. And now we're leaning into the real and vigorous work of holding space for each other and really leaning in and being connected. And that doesn't mean that guilt and fatigue, like I mentioned before, won't try to creep in. But what will happen is, instead of leaning into that emotion, we'll recenter the needs of the people who are in need. Again, we're centering the community that needs our help, and we're remembering that I can't afford to be inactive. I can't afford to be passive, and that apathy is the opposite of love, and love is what we all need. And so I basically took that same cycle and rewrote it to point people towards action and what true action looks like, the centering of those in need love, empathy, and compassion. And even when it gets difficult, we're not driven by performative activism. We're driven by the need to love one another and do that real work. And so,
0: yep, that is how I would describe that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's so helpful.
1: It's yeah. so helpful.
0: And like the performative thing, it it really, I don't know. Yep. That's really good. <laughs> Most people who are who end up falling
1: into performative activism are not trying to perform. And that's that's the thing that I want to remind people of like it happens by people with good intentions often. It mm-hmm. just doesn't always follow through. It we're guided more by the fear of not looking like we're doing something than yes. we are by
0: the desire to do,
1: to something, do something meaningful. Yeah. Yes. yeah. yes.
0: Yes. 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 And so if we just swap that and go like yes. okay, who's being affected right now? Who's hurting right now? And what yes. can I offer them like that just Mm -hmm. bypasses the whole it just yeah Yeah. like shoves everything else away and just gets to the actual point of of Mm -hmm. what yeah just makes the main thing the main thing I guess Mm -hmm. and you're able to hear what that
1: community needs and you're no longer guessing you're plugged in and so they're like hey we need support in this way and you're like oh I can do
0: that yeah yeah
1: there it is (laughs)
0: Danny, a few years ago one of my really really good friends had a miscarriage and she ended up coming on the show and sharing what responses were helpful, like how people responded in ways that were helpful and which responses weren't. She shared what people said and did that truly carried her through that season and she shared some of the things that while like, you know, well-intentioned, were either irritating at best or harmful at mm-hmm. worst. So, mm-hmm. from the work that you've done, what are a few of the things that we can actually say or do that are actually helpful in the wake of an injustice or tragedy? And we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but I really, I just want to hear you. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: think this is, this opens up a very important conversation because I think I did this series about surface level sympathy the other day. I think it was during mental health awareness month. And I was basically talking about that exact same thing is like when someone we know is going through a a personal tragedy or is is, is experiencing a broader injustice, like we're tempted to say things like this too shall pass or you've got this. Everything happens for a reason. And we can go down the list of phrases that are unhelpful. But what I quickly realized was that one, that's subjective. Different people find different things to be helpful. And so while I thought I was entering into the series that, that I that I was gonna find like this list of awesome phrases that everyone should use, I quickly found out that that probably wasn't the best solution because again, people respond to different things. And so I said, you know what? Maybe it's not the specific language that we use, that we should focus on the more, the most, but maybe it's, you know, customizing that language to fit the needs of the person that you're trying to help. So for example, like on their own, some well-meaning statements, sadly can do more harm than good because we throw them out as platitudes sometimes when we don't know what else to say, but we want to say something. And I think when you lean into your personal relationships, you can use your proximity to the person that you're trying to help to inform your language. And you're able to adjust what you say to fit their circumstance in relation to like y'all's personal relationship. So like, for example, I uh, had someone submit to me that the phrase, you're so strong, was not helpful for them when they were going through something hard. And that as a Black woman, that's something that I'm told a lot, especially during moments of injustice. It's like, oh, you're just so strong to be able to deal with these kinds of things. And for me personally, I don't necessarily get personally offended when someone says that, but there are Black women who absolutely do because it's just um, a stereotype, the strong Black woman, and this just should be avoided at all costs. Anyway- On the other hand, there was somebody who said that 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 phrase was helpful to them. And and so I, I explained it by saying it's one thing to say to that person, oh, you're so strong. And it's another thing to say, I am so glad that I've been able to be your friend over these years. And I've seen the way you've navigated this situation and situations like this with such grace and with such resilience And because of what I've seen in you and what I see that you're able to like fight through and work through, I know that you are a strong person, but you don't have to carry this on your own. Like I'm here for you as often as I can be and as much as I'm able to be. Just know that I see you. I see what you're going through. And just because you're strong doesn't mean you need to be able to like you have to carry this alone. And so like Mm -hmm. I'm with you, you know, and it's just like you're using your personal relationship, the history you have with this person And knowing like this injustice or this tragedy, you can't really say anything that will make it better, but you can say like, I'm not going to throw this platitude your way, but I'm going to use our relationship to inform my language and help and guide me, you know, through saying what I feel like would be encouraging for you based on what I know about you and how much I love you,
0: you know? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense because, you know, I think things like this too shall pass, like Yes, in some, we just, we're just gonna not say that. Actually,
1: we're just you, not using. Yeah. It. We're not using it.
0: <laughs> it's, well, and was like, yeah, different things. Yeah. I think would be encouraging in some seasons, but like yes. deeply hurtful in others. And it's yes. they're not one size fits all. Mm-hmm. But I like the idea of of well, what do you know about this person? Like, if, speak to them like you know them because you do, and you and you yeah. should. Yeah, and instead of you know looking for a specific. Instead of looking for a specific word or
1: phrase, I, I I like to give the framework of like, okay, can you make sure that you are solidifying your presence with this person? Like, hey, I'm here for you no matter what. Make sure that you're validating their emotions. Like what you feel right now is valid. Uh, are you acknowledging the difficulty of the situation? Like, yeah, I know this is really hard. And if you want to take it a step further and give like inspirational encouragement or biblical encouragement, like are you making sure that that's where they are to receive that in that moment? Like, you know, like just make sure that you're, Acknowledging and approaching that with that framework of, I am going to provide support by thinking through these things. Like, make sure you know that I'm here. I'm going to hold space for you. I'm going to validate your emotion. I'm going to acknowledge the difficulty of the situation. And then, with that framework in mind, you can pick your language, knowing, okay, I'm going to make sure that I'm centering them, and not myself. You know,
0: this uh, I feel like is a total like episode for a whole other day. But a lot of us can be like fixers. At different Mm -hmm. times. And so when it, when someone in our life is struggling with something, it's really, really easy to like, we hate that they're struggling with it. And so it's really easy to Mm want to go in and say, Have you tried this? Or can I like, you know, try this or do this or whatever? And something that I've, I've like realized in my life from being on the receiving end of that, some has been when you're suggesting something to me, it feels like you're telling me that, like, you're assuming I haven't already thought of that or like, I haven't already, I haven't already tried or, or like the fact that you're skipping over the, this is really hard. I see you like, Mm -hmm. I'm acknowledging what you're going through. I'm acknowledging that it's hard and you're just skipping to the, to the fix kind of feels like maybe if I just worked a little harder, this wouldn't Mm -hmm. be as hard for me, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I didn't realize that that's, like how it can feel but it's like well oh have you tried this and just mm-hmm. skipping all of those other steps and getting to that point makes the other person can make the other person feel like they're like they got themselves into this mess or like if they just yeah tried a little harder they wouldn't feel this way and so that's stopping at like I see you and I see what you're going through and this is really hard and I and I validate your feelings like yeah. and I'm here for you I'm in this way yes. for you. And then if you need to say something encouraging or if you have a suggestion, give it then, but you need to do all those other things first. Otherwise it just doesn't land. Yes. Danny, I love this. And can you just give us one, like if there's just one last thing you want the women to hear, just one last piece of encouragement. I would love it.
1: Yes. I know I said it already, but you don't have to be perfect to participate in this. In any instance of, Speaking up about injustice or using skills and gifts that you might not feel a hundred percent confident in, but know that that's like something that's been put on your heart to do. Like you don't have to be perfect to participate. And don't be afraid to start it and realize that you want to do something else, like your present purpose. That's the beauty about it. It can change, it can evolve. And you have the skills that you have. And that combination of skills and passions for a reason, because no one can do what needs to be done quite like you can do it. And so I would just like to remind people of that it might not result in this huge platform of this following, but it truthfully could result in you making someone else's life better because you chose to say yes. And I think that that is more valuable than a platform any day, honestly.
0: <laughs> you guys... I just feel like I can speak for all of us when I say that Danny is our favorite person. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, thank you so much. Thank you so much for, for letting us like, I don't know, pick your brain. Like this is hard. This is hard. Our world right now is hard and knowing how to deal with it and knowing how to navigate it and what to say and what not to say and how to help, but how to help the right way and like how to care, but not be crushed by it. It's just a whole thing is really, really hard. And you're you're leading the way in such a beautiful way. And you're, you're helping us all participate. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, and I really love that you guys, you need to be following Danny. Uh, (laughs) you need to shop her shop. You have so many things in your shop. You have apparel, right? You have stickers, you have, you have a million things, right? (laughs) Yeah. I've got like
1: prints and greeting cards and pennant flags and stickers. And I have this new notepad called Do Good Daily that just helps people who don't know how to take small steps every day to do that. And so it's like a little daily planner thing. It's so cute. Anyway,
0: lots it. of things. I love <laughs> it. Okay, well, we're going to link to Danny in the show notes. Um, you guys go follow along with her, go cheer her on, and you guys just need to be friends. Danny, thank you <laughs> so, so much for coming on Girls Night. Oh my gosh, an honor and a pleasure. And I'm so happy we got to do this. <laughs> thank you. You guys, isn't Danny amazing? I just love her and I love this conversation. And I am so happy I got to share it with you. One thing I wanted to mention quickly is I know we talked about a lot in today's episode. And so if you want to find the links for any of those things, all you have to do is go to my website. It's girlsnightpodcast.com. And for every episode, we'll have a blog post with the show notes. All the links will be there for everything we talked about, including all of Danny's contact info so you guys can follow her and so y'all can be friends. The other thing I wanted to mention is if you haven't had a chance yet, It would mean so much to me if you would take just a second to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. We've gotten so many amazing five-star reviews from y'all and you've left the sweetest comments. I can't tell you how much it means to me. And it also helps out the podcast more than you can imagine. So if you haven't yet, please take just one quick second to leave a rating and a review. Thanks so much. All right, friends, that's all we have for today, but we'll be back next week with another episode of Girls Night. I'll see you then.